Good morning. What a beautiful day the Lord has given us as we gather to worship Him. And what a joy to be with you, to see you. There is something common in human nature wherever people are found that wants our lives to stand out. Uh, We see this in everything from those who want to stand out in a very ego-driven way, those who flock to be contestants on AGT and want to be the next star and are pleading for their chance to be known. Or others just truly want to make a difference in this world. Uh, They want to be a warrior for social justice. They want There to be an impact on lives because of their engagement. At some point, I think all of us want to know and probably are asking ourselves, what is my life accomplishing? Well, in the passage before us, Jesus speaks somewhat to that point, but he does so by showing to us that How a life well used is measured is very different than how most of the world thinks. And so we have two examples that Jesus points to in the people that were around him as he was preaching in the temple during this last week of his earthly ministry. So we're going to be looking first in Luke chapter 20. The final verses of the chapter, verses 45 to 47. Luke 20, 45 to 47. And then we'll go to the beginning of the next chapter to see his his next example. Jesus' first example is to call out the scribes, the teachers of the law, who are very highly respected in that culture. We read in... In the hearing of all the people. So Jesus is speaking openly about this. In the hearing of all the people, Jesus said to his disciples, Beware of the scribes who like to walk around in long robes and love greetings in the marketplaces, the best seats in the synagogues, and the places of honor at feasts yet who devour widows' houses and for a pretense make long prayers, they will receive the greater condemnation. Our Heavenly Father, we we come before your word being reminded that this has been kept and given to us that we might know truth and live by it. We praise you for the kindness of your word. We praise you that we can depend upon it and know it is faithful and true. And so we ask for each of us that, Spirit of God, you would speak in specific ways, connecting your word with our lives. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. 
we see that the scribes wanted to impress people with long robes and, and long prayers. Uh, their long robes most likely were robes that had tassels on them that were uh, assigned to everyone. They were teachers. They were educated. They were important, valuable to society. So they loved that as they walked in public, people could see they were different and in their minds that they were better than everyone else. Their long prayers, there's nothing wrong with a long prayer, but as Jesus said, it was for a pretense. They They were praying at people to impress them. They measured their lives, their importance, their impact, by what the world values. And so they pursued what the world values, which was to be loved, to be given the best seats, to have honor in the world. They used biblical language, and yet their values were the same as the world's. There there really was no difference. They were an example to people, but an example that Jesus here warns against. After this, uh, before he describes them, he says, beware of them. Beware of these scribes, which had to be shocking because the scribes were the teachers of the law. They were seen to have a fundamental position in the lives of God's people. And yet Jesus is warning God's people against those who had an office to teach God's people. What a sad condition. And the warning to beware of them is because if if you follow after their example, if you want to be like them, then you will end up like them. Which in verse 47, Jesus says, is to receive condemnation. As impressed as people were, regardless of the position they had, condemnation was waiting. And actually, Jesus says, greater condemnation. The scribes would have greater condemnation before God, uh, exactly because of their position. They were placed in the role to be those who transcribed Scripture They kept scripture and they taught it. Uh, What we have to remember is no one at that time had an actual copy of the scripture except the scribes. The scriptures were in handwritten scrolls that were kept safely in a synagogue building. No one had a physical copy of the scriptures except the scribes. And that's why their role was so important and honored. And that is why such condemnation came because those whom the people looked to, to share God's word, were leading the people astray by their attitude toward it and how they lived under it. This is not the only place in scripture where it warns about greater condemnation for those who have places of authority and teaching among the people of God. 
This is why as your pastors, we are very careful about decision making. Being led not by our preferences or what's popular or what others do, we, we must be convinced that any decision is the best representation of God's word that we can understand. And so in, in times of COVID and decisions being made, uh, being careful with how we, we respond to government restrictions, whether we like them or not, because we recognize what the Bible says in Romans 13. And before we would act in a way that is in violation, we better be sure that we are not acting against Scripture. There is a greater condemnation for that. Or the, even the decision to meet outside rather than indoors is because we can all gather together, which we feel is the best representation of the church. And so decisions we make, we are seeking to be very careful, realizing there is a condemnation that comes to those who are presenting the word of God, who are not teaching and living and guiding the people consistently with the word of God. And so Jesus shows us an example of, of those who were an example of on the surface, pretending as though they love God with their whole hearts and yet are leading people away from God by what is in their hearts. But then Jesus points to someone else. In the verses immediately following, Jesus then points to someone unknown and completely unnoticed by everyone but him. Chapter 21, verse 1. Jesus looked up and saw the rich putting their gifts into the offering box. And he saw a poor widow put in two small copper coins. Jesus said, truly I tell you, meaning I want you to pay attention. This is important. This poor widow has put in more than all of them. That was God's measurement. For they all contributed out of their abundance. But she, out of her poverty, put in all she had to live on. As this poor widow walked into the temple... She certainly wasn't thinking about the opinion of other people. She came in knowing she was anonymous. She was not thinking that anyone was going to be impressed. She was not thinking of herself as an example. No one else in the temple was viewing her as the great example in the room. No one was thinking that except... Jesus. Because the measurement of God is different than the measurements of men. There was nothing in the world's values in her actions. 
There was no pride. There was no selfishness. Yet she became an example that Christ himself honored. And he takes her small action and he lifts it up for all to see. He exalts what she did. And she ends up being praised by God in one of the most astonishing ways possible. She is given the amazing honor to be a biblical example. So that over all of the centuries, God's people hear about her. And God's people in untold numbers have been impacted by her. And no one else knew that or understood it. But God's measurements are different than ours. And today we would all recognize that this poor widow has had an impact. Her life made a difference that God has used. And she had no idea of it while she lived in this world. And yet, there will be a day when you'll get to talk to her. Face to face, you'll thank her and ask her about it. As she'll ask you about your life and how you served the Lord. So what should we learn from these examples, these comparisons that Jesus has given us? The first, the most obvious thought of all is that what we do for God is what matters most. When we are speaking about the impact of our lives, how do we measure life? There is nothing remotely close than to live in a way that honors God. There are many good things that we can do that men will honor that have value, where we can see some impact, where we'll be commended. But we will only be commended by the Lord and for eternity for those things which honor God. This widow didn't come in order to impress anyone. And to the world, her actions had no impact, no real importance. They were seeing the wealthy, in their minds, make a difference with the size of their gifts. God was measuring the heart behind the gift. Because God doesn't need what we do, but he wants our heart. That is what honors him. And so the crowd would look at the wealthy and commend and look to them as making the difference. And yet it is this widow who has a legacy that is global and eternal. 
And everywhere the word of God is preached, she is known. And forever, her example will be commended and we will be aware of it. That is a legacy. The difference between those who build sandcastles on the beach or who carved Mount Rushmore. Parents, do you want what is the best for your children? Grandparents, do you want the best for your grandchildren? Then honor God. Let them see that God truly has your whole heart. That is what they need best from you. Nothing else is close. What is your lifestyle at home? Does it show we love God? How do you disciple your children? You don't have to have all the answers of Scripture. You need to honor what God's Word says and then read it to them. And as you read it, then pray, God caused this to work in our lives. If they have questions, you don't even have to have the answer to the questions. They need to see, we, we read this and it impacts us. We value what is in here. And bring them to God's house with you. That they would see that nothing gets in the way of our worship. Nothing is placed above it. It has no competitors. Students, do you want your life to make a difference? Do you want the most out of your life? Then honor God in your decisions, with the friends you make, with the values that you hold. The ultimate valuation of more, of best, of wisest. The ultimate valuation of these categories can only be God-centered. Because everything else will disappear forever. What is best can only be associated with what honors God. What is more, what is lasting, can only be associated with what honors God who rules over all that is forever. What should we learn from this comparison? First, what we do for God is what matters most. Secondly, that God measures our lives differently than the world. As I've addressed that, the the scribes were considered by the world to be important. But what did God see? He saw behind the long robes and behind the greetings in the marketplace and behind the best seats of honor, he saw what was in their heart. Verse 47, they devoured widows' houses. And for pretense, they made those long prayers. This idea of devouring houses, it could be that in their role they had guardianship 
with helping widows and they were abusing that. Or there is historical record of scribes that would abuse the hospitality of widows and use their position to impinge upon that and drain the resources. Uh, Whatever the exact situation was, we recognize they were taking advantage of those who were vulnerable for their own benefit. And prayers of pretense, it was all for show, and every single word of their prayers disappeared into the ground. God was not impressed. But Jesus said of the widow, she gave more than those who gave enormous amounts. Jesus, again, is showing his measurement is different. How could she have given more? And he said more than anyone. The reason was because God had more of her heart. Her gift expressed greater faithfulness and love and sacrifice than anyone else. It was what was going on in her heart that led her to her actions that stood out to Jesus. The value of her gift to God was measured by the love behind the gift and the commitment behind it. And the reality is she had to overcome resistance. Was she fearful? She certainly could have done other things with her offering that we would all say were good use of it. But ever, whatever resistance might have been in her, she overcame that by the power and the comprehensiveness of how much she loved God. The third truth we should be aware of here is that God is watching what you do. In Mark, it tells us Jesus was sitting watching the people as they were giving their offerings. God watches what you do, and he has an opinion about all of it. God is not just watching what we think are the big things. Well, I don't steal. I'm a good person. And that's all wonderful, as you should be. (laughs) God is watching closely the little details because that's the big picture of your life. Do you give time to him or do you pass him by day after day? What do you do when no one is looking? What is your attitude around the house? How do you engage with people who are hurting? Does your character show the fruit of the Spirit? When we see this poor widow, we see that God was watching and taking into account what was hard. God sees when faithfulness is hard, when it's sacrificial and sometimes feels impossible. God sees when we're hurting 
And it feels so difficult to step out in faithfulness. God sees when we're opposed. God sees when we simply just don't feel like it and we don't even know why. God sees when it's difficult, yet we continue to be faithful. And that honors him because it shows my love for God is greater than anything that would try to get in the way. And so it's, it's time as a congregation, in some ways, to start flexing our commitment muscles in how we participate in church life. We've commended the giving of this church over and over again and how thankful we are, and we commend it again when it's been fearful and difficult. But we want to recognize now that the the oppressively hot weather is over, that as comfortable as the couch has been, and how convenient it is to worship God in our pajamas with a fresh coffee mug beside us, we need to flex the muscles of commitment Again, and know that we are called, as we heard last week, not to forsake the gathering of God's people. Because it honors God, it's a testimony to the world, and how badly we all need it. We need it for ourselves, we need it for each other. We don't know how hard it was for this widow to bring her offering. What we know is she did it. And perhaps you've been discouraged because as you try to follow God, it's often a struggle for you. You you see resistance inside. And the fact that it's not always easy to follow God frustrates you. You're thinking, I should be able to follow God joyfully all the time. Why does my heart pull back? Why do I struggle at it? Whether or not this widow struggled for this offering, she struggled at other times. She had her times of struggle. And God sees that struggle comes. God is pleased with how it ends. God is not discouraged with your struggle. God rejoices when you end up being faithful. The last point I would bring up. Everything we can do for God is worth doing. No matter how small. That jumps out off the page at us. Or it should It would have been easy for this widow to stay home thinking, why bother? What are are these two little copper coins going to do? What difference will it make? But no action that honors God is too insignificant because the honoring of God is the point. That is why we read these words in Matthew 10, verse 42. 
Whoever gives one of these little ones even a cup of cold water because he is a disciple. Meaning we give it because we're God followers. Truly I say to you, he will by no means lose his reward. Why does Jesus tell us this? Because he wants us to truly know. Nothing is too small when it comes to honoring God. Because the honoring God is what is big. And no godly person's place or gifting is too insignificant. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 21 to 22, the Apostle Paul says to us, The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you, nor the head to the feet. I have no need of you. He says, on the contrary, hear these words of God. On the contrary, the parts of the body, meaning the body of Christ, that seem to be weaker are indispensable. So do you feel you're one of the weaker members of the church? Paul says you're indispensable. How? Because God saved you and placed you in his church and has purpose for you for the honor of his name. And he, God has people for you to impact and to encourage. Whether or not you see it, the Spirit is always exalting Jesus. The Spirit of God loves to exalt Jesus. And those who exalt Jesus in how they live and think and act. The Spirit will lift up whether or not they see it. The Spirit will always lift up that which exalts Christ. Because that's what the Spirit loves to do. So if you want to see your life well used in any little way in front of you, start honoring God in it. Give the small amount you have. Care for the people that others ignore because they feel they're worthless and they'll get no gain back. Serve where no one's impressed or even knows you're serving. And pray faithfully. If God has burdened your heart for a person or a ministry or a missionary, wherever God has burdened your heart, then faithfully pray where God has burdened you. We, we can't all pray for every ministry and believer and, and people group, but we can all be burdened for those whom God wants to use our prayers. Where has God burdened you? And don't let go of that prayer area. And if you don't have a burden, God will be glad to burden your heart for someone. God who is sovereign everywhere, in all things, he will make what you do meaningful. He will use and exalt what serves and exalts him. And so, how do we measure life? We measure life by how it honors God. Because he is worthy of it. Let's pray.
our Heavenly Father, we thank you for the life of this poor widow whom one day will be a face that we know. We thank you for her faithfulness. We thank you for recording this for us. We thank you that your heart is that we would be well used, for this is why you've told us. So we ask that you would guide us to be a faithful people in every small way we can, in all of the small ways we can, and in any big way we can. Give grace to us, for we need your grace. And we truly do want to be people who impact this world for the name of Jesus and the cause of his gospel. So do this. Bring fruit to it in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs>